Welcome to a podcast for all. I'm Shane Obershaw. And I'm Jeff Winslow. This is episode six, where you, the guest, drives the discussion. Jeff, can you believe we're already at six episodes? I know, it's crazy. It feels literally like yesterday that we were putting together the trailer for all of it. You and I got together in a hotel room pretty much right when COVID-19 started. Yep. <laughs> it's funny. You and I went you and I met in a hotel room in Minneapolis where we are both from, but we couldn't find a quiet place to record during all this, so we got a hotel room for an hour. Yeah, and that hotel room smelled like weed, like crazy. It had some funky smells. That uh I'm pretty sure there was a party going on in the room next door. Right. We got a micro hotel in at the airport for an hour. What do you think that receptionist thought of you and I asking for a room for an hour together? I don't even want to know what she was thinking. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to go in here for an hour. <laughs> Stranger things have happened, but hey, when you got to record, you got to record. Hey, we had to do what we had to do. It was either that or try and bust out an episode in the van with no power. We did think about that. It would have been interesting, and I think in the future, we can get a mobile setup going, but yeah, starting off, there was no way we were going to make that work. <laughs> that was fun. I'll never forget it. Between the van, and then we ended up in a hotel, and both Minneapolis was closed down for a long time, and here we are. Episode six. It's been fun. That's the sign of making it. Six. Had some good feedback. If you want to be on the show, email us at andpodcastforall at gmail.com. Um, tell us your experiences. Tell us your history. Come on the show. Drive the discussion. That's what it's all about. Jeff, today, or tonight I should say, it's midnight, we are talking to someone from our hometown, Minneapolis. Right on. We've hit Chicago, Denver, Hawaii. Detroit, and now someone um, in your backyard. Right in my own backyard, yeah. Uh, another news, the some kind of bracket is coming to an end. We're down to the championship. Yeah, one versus puppets. I got to say I'm surprised one actually beat Sandman. You know, at first I for sure thought that Sandman was going to take it, but thinking about it, it... It doesn't surprise me because, I mean, it was their first music video. I mean, it was their first, like, really big song. So, I mean, has a couple of years on on Sandman. And personally, I, I'm happy that it beat Sandman just because I'm a little sick of that song. But. I hear you. I hear you. I voted for one. Yeah, I definitely did, too. You know, maybe, you know. Being in a band name one might have had something to do with it too, but you know, who knows? You just said one and two in the same sentence. That'll never happen again. <laughs> I think Puppets is going to take the, t- the, if I could talk again here, three weeks in a row and I'm stumbling over my words again. I know it's my fault. It's because I work late and then, you know, and you're an hour ahead of where I am. So, you know, then it's, you know, tomorrow there. I'm waiting for someone to email me and just give me the name Stuttering Shane. <laughs> Nothing's better than stuttering when you host a podcast. Lars 2 and 1 and, oh, there we go again. And SS. SS and, and Podcast for All. 
Uh, my day started at 7 a.m., included 18 holes of golf, and included 54 miles on a jet ski, followed by an intense two hours of playing horse and pig basketball style in the pool with my brother. So I am burning some midnight oil here. Wow. And somehow through all of this, you know, now I don't feel so bad because I should, I woke up and I was with my children for half the day and then I went to work for the other half of the day. So no jet skiing for me, unfortunately. Can't you see the sunburn? That's a full-time job I'm working on here. Yeah, I got a little bit going on here, too, from the weekend. It's all right. Whew. Here we go. Um, Hetfield's car book, Reclaimed Rust. Your thoughts? I think it looks amazing. Uh, I will definitely be buying that. I mean, you combine Hetfield and cars together. I mean, it's a good combination. It brought me right back to the uh, episode two weeks ago with Tiff in Hawaii talking about James's cars and the classic cars. And boom, a week later, we get a sneak peek at the actual book. Yeah, that's. I'm sure she's probably going to pick that up as well. Are you going to buy the $50 book or the $350 book? As much as I would like to buy the $350 <laughs> book, I think the $50 book su- uh, suits my budget a little bit better. I think the 50 will work just fine, but I think if you throw down the 350, the front page is signed. I guess I'll just have to buy the $50 one and then hope that I meet James one day and have him sign it in person. Good call. Good call. I think you have to sign up through the Met Club and, and uh, what am I trying to say? Apply. You got to put your name in the hat just to get a ticket to buy the limited edition book. Of course, there's always stipulations. Well, you're a rich tribute band lead guitar player. You can afford it. Not lately. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully that will change soon. I watched Metallica Monday tonight. From, yeah. I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. From uh, good old Madrid, Spain. It was their European summer vacation right before Death Magnetic came out. Yeah, I was able to check out some of it tonight at work on my break. I think I saw... They played Ride and then uh, Harvester after that. It was cool to see. Cool and to then? See. I, I, unfortunately, I didn't see after that. Um, oh, dude. Yeah, I miss it. But I did notice that Hetfield was playing the old cream-colored Explorer. And the uh, Gray Truckster, too. Yep, that was during uh, Ride. So right after Harvester, they go into Bleeding Me. Oh, uh, I definitely wish I would have checked that out. Check these out. Ride? Bleeding, Devil's Dance, Justice, and So What. Damn, that's quite the set right there. That alone. <laughs> For 2008 to play uh, to play Devil, Justice, and So What, and Bleeding, that and was like, bleeding, that's pretty yeah. damn strong. Especially playing it at a outdoor type of deal. Festival. You know, yeah, normally. To they rock Devil Dance, I'm like, Sweet. Yeah, they don't bring out the old school ones at festivals very often. Hopefully we'll get some of those rare rare cuts on their next run. Well, enough of you and I babbling. You ready to not jump in the fire because we're going to get to that later, but you ready to jump into this episode? Absolutely, man. Let's, let's introduce our guest. All right. Season one, episode six. You, the Metallica fan, drive the Metallica discussion tonight. We bring you... 
not from Minneapolis because she's currently in Colorado, Miss Amanda Hefner from the Met Club chapter, Minnesota Militia. Amanda, what's up? What's up, guys? How's it going? It's going pretty well. How about you? We are uh, alive and well and staying safe and trying to wear our face masks here and there. How about yourself? That's all you can ask for. Just enjoyed another very fine Metallica Monday from Madrid. That set list was insane. Like Bleeding Me, Harvester. I'm a big fan of Last Caress when that gets thrown in there. So there you go. Yeah. Loved it. Just loved it. It's cool how they went from Caress right into So What. I know. Yeah. I mean, it, Europe tends to get those really sweet set lists that, I don't know, maybe the U.S. just doesn't get those deep cuts as often. So it's it's always cool to see. And these Metallica Mondays, they've been giving us some really good rare gems in these set lists. Pretty, pretty solid shows, I have to say. Oh, yeah, for sure. What was last week? Melbourne, Australia. That was phenomenal. I love that That was one. solid. That was very solid. That's yeah. the one where Kirk's fly was down half the show. Jeff, have you ever played a show with your fly down for nine songs? No, no. I, I have done it for a song or two, but thankfully uh, where my guitar is, it covers it up. Uh, <laughs> I actually think my zipper might have broke at one show too, so I made sure that my guitar never moved from that area. You're a good man. It's like you have your own personal fly roadie. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Kirk. So, Amanda, you are currently in Colorado right now? I am in Colorado right now. I'm uh, about 30 Family minutes south of there? Denver. Yeah, I'm actually uh, staying with my parents right now. I'm originally from here and just kicking it for a little bit. It's been a nice break, good change of scenery with uh, you know everything that's going on, not being able to travel or get out. So it's been a nice break. And you're originally from Minneapolis or you grew up in Colorado? I grew up in Colorado. I, okay. I moved to Minneapolis to go to grad school, and uh, I did my undergraduate in uh, Grand Forks, North Dakota at UND, so it was basically Minnesota on the Minnesota border. UND, so were you a fighting Sioux girl or a fighting Hawk girl now? I was in that awkward in-between period where they were nameless. Oh, crazy. Yeah, so... You didn't even know what logo or sweatshirt to wear on campus, huh? No, it was for, I think... Three or four years, maybe less than that. It was maybe like two or three years. They sold just North Dakota hockey jerseys. There wasn't any mascot, any logo, and it was just plain North Dakota. So we were in the kind of the the awkward in-between years for that. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's like so many mixed feelings about it with the the name and everything. But, you know, got, got, got to see good hockey. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is it the Ralph Engelstead Arena? That is correct. So when they got rid of the fighting Sioux, did they actually have to remove anything that said Sioux or any of the logos from that building? No, they did not. So that's actually, yeah, that's owned privately by the Engelstead family. And so they have it. I don't know how it's like some loophole in a contract that because they're a privately owned um, building and organization. Sure. That they get to keep all of the like marbled Sioux head stuff that's in the building until it wears down and needs to be replaced, which I don't know when that's going to happen. Probably years from now. That's what I was asking. I've been up there for a few hockey games, UND long story short, but I've seen some games there. That's one of the most beautiful arenas I've ever been in pro college, high school, etc. And that logo 
is about every five feet in the arena, like in solid marble. I thought, how the hell are you going to change that out if you change the Hawks? Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's a gorgeous building and it rivals any NHL arena. It's a, bit, a little bit smaller, oh, incredible. but you got gorgeous leather seats. I mean, marble flooring. They put so much money and time into that arena. And it's like they they should be named the North Dakota Identity Crisis right now just because they're <laughs> <laughs> everything in the building is still fighting Sioux. But, you know, they're technically the Fighting Hawks and they have a Fighting Hawk mascot that walks around in the crowd now and tries to engage with people. So it's it's really interesting. When I saw Metallica and Grand Forks two years ago on the Hardwired Arena Tour, I thought that the Ingolstadt Arena got renamed to where Metallica was playing. I was totally wrong, and it wasn't one-tenth as nice as the Ingolstead place that they were in. Oh, no. I went to, I mean, North Dakota, or UND, is known as a hockey school. It's not really known as a football school. Right. So that, the Alaris Center where Metallica played was... Alaris, that's it. Yeah, the football stadium. And I went there maybe twice. Like, I like football, but I don't really care about, quote, fighting hawk football. So it's, gotcha. it's, it's not a great arena, so... But they usually have like country stuff at the Ralph Engelstead, which is kind of garbage. But what did you go to school for? Geography, environmental geography. Environmental geography? Yeah, I say geography and usually people are like, oh, where is this country on a map? I'm like, that's not quite what I did. I did. We should have uh, geography trivia with our job. <laughs> I know. it's It was a uh, physical geography, environmental science, uh, you know, sustainability, natural hazards research. I did the same thing for grad school, so. So when you cram all that into what you do now, explain that. So I'm in between right now. Like I just got done with grad school. I'm hanging out in Colorado for a bit before dabbling into the job market, which is just not very inviting right now, thanks to COVID-19. So it's just a little bit of a in-between and, you know, being patient with everything. So I'm not entirely sure what the next chapter is going to be, but I'm staying tuned. Yeah, I'm registered in this class. What class? This is U.S. history. See the globe right there. Really? What type of job are you looking to do based off of what you went to school for? Dude, she's going to run a Metallica fan club chapter, okay? <laughs> I know, right? Everybody, come learn about geography. But <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of government jobs like uh, U.S. Geological Survey, Department of Natural Resources. What I'm looking at now, because all those are kind of on a hiring freeze, but there's a lot of like nonprofit outreach organizations or just like being in charge of, you know, teaching people about different environmental issues. You know, like I said, my kind of emphasis was about natural hazards and I specifically focused on like flooding and past flooding. So just trying to figure out, I mean, it doesn't have to incorporate flooding and whatever I end up doing, but you know, that's kind of like along the path of where I'm at, I guess. Sure, sure. Interesting. There is flooding in Grand Forks. Oh, for sure. In 97. That was rough. The, uh, is it the Red River? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I just moved to Florida, and I never thought I would learn so much about flood insurance and hurricane. Um, oh, what am I trying to say? Hurricane deductibles? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it's... and the zones you live in and how elevated your driveway is and if they're going to estimate if your flood's going to home or not compared to your neighbor, and that's how much you pay. It's like, good Lord. Yeah, it's super complex. The insurance world is like a whole different animal. But yeah, I focused on like past, it's called paleo floods. And basically, it's looking at the flood record and like sediment deposits and geological archives and, you know, not using the short 
record that we have on hydraulic models to kind of make these flood estimates and like risk assessments, but having that longer time perspective. So you have a better idea of like flood insurance and, you know, when a flood might reoccur, how big it might be and how bad it might be. But yeah, that's about all the science talk I have today. (laughs) Jeff, we're trying to talk Metallica and we're talking about flooding in North Dakota. (laughs) Yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. I didn't know a lot of what you were saying, but I'm definitely interested. I'm very intrigued. Yeah, we'll see how intrigued the listeners are. They're probably like, ah, cancel, done. They've already turned the episode off. Yeah, like, they're like, right, this, this isn't Metallica. We're going to bed. Well, this is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, God, Minnesota militia. I'm not going to join that chapter. <laughs> oh, no, come on. It's a great chapter. <laughs> so speaking of Minnesota militia, you started it. I did. What year was that? Oh, just two years ago. Not that long. Also, it's new. It's very new. Yeah, it was. Uh, it got official right after the Minneapolis 2018 show in September. Because, yeah, I think they were they were so heavily on tour, you know, with the World Wired cycle that the yeah. Je- Jeff, who's the local chapter coordinator, just didn't have time to get around to making chapters official. So I was on the back burner for, you know, a couple months, which was fine, but yeah, it didn't get official till a little bit later than that. What made you want to start a fan club chapter? So I basically felt like I was kind of an oddity growing up. Like I just loved heavy music. I loved Metallica. I had a lot of friends who just didn't really care for it that much. Like, you know, they're maybe like passive Metallica fans or, you know, weren't into the heavy stuff and, you know, I really just wanted an excuse, you know, that I'm, now that I'm a little bit older and, you know, want to just network with people, you know, all across the globe. And, you know, there's so many just super passionate diehard Metallica fans everywhere. And just like being able to connect with so many people, you know, not just in Minnesota, but all over the place. Like I went to Mannheim, Germany while I was in Europe last year to see Metallica and, you know, going to that internet pre-party and, you know, saying, oh, like I am a part of a Metallica chapter. People are like so receptive to that and so inviting and welcoming and you know all the other chapters you know want to you know get to know you and hang out with you and it's just great it's just like a great community that i wanted to just like be a part of you're telling us you spent a thousand dollars on airfare to fly to germany to drink one enter night beer i did not actually see so this is where the, <laughs> <laughs> this is where the grad school card comes back that would have sounded a lot cooler though yeah yeah no i did that i'm i'm that die hard i did that just for Very the beer, cool. just for the one internet beer. But going to Germany, seeing Metallica, gonna slam an internet and fly home. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like I was saying, the grad school card came into play because I actually got funding to go to Switzerland for six weeks. Oh, cool. And do some international research, have a lab exchange at the University of Geneva. And so while I was over there, I could I had to squeeze in seeing Metallica in Europe because That's awesome. Yeah, that's been just a bucket list dream of mine since I was like 13 years old. Just something about being in Europe where they get the crazy good set list. You know, you're in a foreign country. The fans are so passionate that it was just like I had to go do it. It was just amazing. What kind of set list did you get that show? We got a pretty good set list. I mean, we got they were like cycling between Frantic and Saint Anger. We got Saint Anger. Oh, there you go, Jeff. Say no more. That's all you had to say. You got to go to Germany to hear your album, bud. Right. I'm in. Let's go. We got God That Failed. Ooh. And uh, the highlight was getting Outlaw Torn. They, wow. They pulled that one out. So that was That's just right. I do remember that now. I do remember that. That'd be very cool. Yeah, that was their last show of the European Wired 
for the whatever leg they were doing of that, the second or third leg. And they just Correct. pulled it out and it was like, oh, shit. Correct me if I'm wrong. They, I think they played Cthulhu that, that same week. They did. I think that. You could kind of tell they were getting ready for S&M rehearsals. Yeah, that was kind of the chatter at the internet pre-party of all the people That's were like. so cool. Yeah, they were doing that. They did uh, Day That Never Comes and Cthulhu, Outlaw Torn. They didn't actually play Outlaw Torn until the show that I saw in Mannheim, but... Boy, you timed that right. I know, but, you know, they were playing it in the tuning room a couple shows, you know, before. And so everybody was like, are they going to do it? Like, this is the last show. It's the time to do it. And sure enough, they did. And everybody in the crowd, like, had their faces melted. Like, oh, my God, they're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Yeah, it was amazing. It was It was just unbelievable. So Mannheim, Germany for Metallica, and then the next, did you say six weeks here in Switzerland? Yeah, so I kind of saw Metallica at the end of my visit. I got there late July through August, and, you know, I just put all my funds and effort into going to see them in Mannheim. I don't really know what motivated me to pick Mannheim, kind of because I thought it was a smaller city. It wasn't like Munich or, you know, Brussels or something like that. And I was like, hey, no, I've never been there. That could be cool. Like, who... Who knows anything about Mannheim? Like, I sure didn't. And so, you know, it was the last show. So I was like, they probably are going to do something special for the last show. And so I got the, sure. yeah. So I, I splurged and, you know, I said, if I'm going to live my dream and see them in Europe, I'm going to get that, you know, enhanced experience where I get to go, like, have access to the rail and do the museum and the rubber room and all that stuff. And it was just incredible. The rubber room. I love that name. I know, right? <laughs> which, uh, which experience, what was it called? What was the experience name? I believe it was the all nightmare long experience. Cause I know they changed them from when they were in North America. Yeah. It was, I think one step down from the, the top, you know, $2,500 one where you get to meet the band. Gotcha. So this was like early access to get on the rail and what else was in the rubber room or like the memory remains exhibit. Yeah. So you had the exhibit with all the guitars and the memorabilia, all the old stage clothes and largest, largest old drum kit, all that kind of stuff. And they had sure. the, the buffet spit out the bone buffet appropriately named. And I didn't spend too much time at that. Cause I just wanted to haul ass to the rail, but you also got a, you know, choice of like three tour t-shirts that you could get uh, an exclusive poster. That wasn't the main one for sale to the general public and uh, that artist variant. And I think that was pretty much it, you know, and you know, the main attraction for me was getting, up on the rail because i'd never done that i've never been like actually on the rail before for sure especially in a stadium setting oh for sure it was it was huge like there were thousands of people there it was outside it wasn't actually in a stadium like the other shows on that um european wire tour it was just kind of outside and festival grounds it was like in a plaza it was very strange but it was really cool did they have any saint anger shirts as one of the three shirts to to select no they did not did you hear that, Jeff? Yeah, I mean, I would have picked that if that was available, but it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> well, for an enhanced experience for four or five hundred dollars, you think you'd be able to pick a custom Saint Anger shirt that says "Jeff Winslow is here," right? If I'm spending with a, with a red fist, yeah, it's that much money. It's the <laughs> least they could do. Are you that passionate about Saint Anger? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, we uh, we've touched on this a couple of times, and um, long story short, it's actually my second favorite Metallica album of all time. Wow! Well, 
<laughs> Good for you. <laughs> I, you know what? I say it proudly. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't really know what else to say about it. It's just an album that is always, I've always connected with. I just, I love the album. Uh, you know, I, I like the fact that it's different, you know? Mm-hmm. And plus I love seeing people's reaction when I tell them that it's my second. I won't, I won't go crazy and say first, but what is first justice? What's third ride? So everyone right now is screaming, listening to this. They want to know where do you have master puppets ranked right after ride. So puppets is four. Yes, it is. And I know the whole entire Metallica world is probably pissed off at me for that, but justice, street anger, ride puppets. Yes, sir. Got it. Did you hear that, Amanda? <laughs> I got that. You know, I think that's that's good. We need unique people who favor St. Anger, load, reload over, you know, the others. It's too predictable, you know? Like, everybody likes Master of Puppets. Yeah, it definitely doesn't surprise me that the bracket came down to one in Master of Puppets. I mean, it's just, there's really, there's no words to be said. It's it's those two songs. It's their biggest songs, It you know? I was hoping for like frantic versus confusion. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to lie. I did think that Sandman was going to be the one. I figured it would be Sandman versus either puppets or one. But yeah, I mean, I'm glad to see Sandman get pushed out. Yeah, I am too. I love Sandman and, you know, it's a huge like milestone and crowning jewel for the band, but my goodness, there's so many amazing Metallica songs. Oh yeah. You know, it's not a bad song by any means. It's just, it's a bit overplayed. Uh, I will say as far as like a live setting, it's fun to hear live, obviously, because the crowd goes nuts. Uh, you know, I love playing it live because the crowd goes nuts. And usually it's also towards the end of the set. You're talking about a fucking live gig, right? I'm talking about like a fucking live gig. You seen this for, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, as the record version stands, I mean, it's definitely that song that if it comes on, I am not afraid to hit uh, skip. Yeah, I agree. I feel that way about Nothing Else Matters, but that's just my opinion. I feel that way about a lot of the Black album. There's a, there's definitely a few cuts that are very good that I will never skip if they come on. But most of that album for me personally, I usually just I feel like skipping it. Yeah. I wish they would uh, substitute Nothing Else Matters for a deeper cut on the live set list, personally. like You would think after all these years that majority of the people going to see their shows have heard Nothing Else Matters or Enter Sandman enough. You know, I mean, obviously I get why they play it, but you'd think at least once in a while they would get rid of those songs and put something else in. Put Fred Ends of Sanity in there. Oh, I would love to hear that live. Yeah. What you guys both said, I thought about that for many years. And then James started asking the crowd around 2017 or 2018, raise your hand if it's your first time here. And over half of the stadium or arena raises their hand. It's like, wow. wow. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's a whole new generation of Metallica fans that are, you know, coming in, you know, and growing up and there's three to, generations now. Yeah, going to see them. And obviously the most popular songs are the ones that they're going to know. So, I mean, that, what you said, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. 
It's amazing when you stand in line at a show and you hear someone behind you go, oh, man, I really hope they play one tonight. <laughs> Don't worry, bro. It's going to happen. I promise you. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if they're going to play Master of Puppets. Right. I wonder if they'll play that Boogeyman song. Which one? Enter Sandman. Oh, you totally had me thinking about a deep song that got cut from St. Anger. No, no. Oh, I'm thinking of Temptation. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That and uh, Echo Chamber. For some reason when you said Boogeyman, I was thinking of the Temptation riffs that you see him. That's on some kind of monster, I believe. Yeah, that's the not stock sounding song. Singing temptation. <laughs> How's that go? Fucks me up, kills yeah, my head. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Fuck you all, song. temptation. Aha. That's it. Good stuff. <laughs> and while temptation's playing, they're actually showing old footage from a year and a half when they have that stripper in the studio. Yep. Yeah, and then the live footage and it's titties. Amanda's favorite footage. Yeah, right. (laughs) It's like the whiskey in the jar music video all over again. And turn the page. (laughs) Yeah. That's a little different setting. Yeah. I'm going to turn the tables on this whole show right now. And I think it's already time to get to Tom Hanks, Wilson, stranded on the island section. So this section is sponsored by Wilson. Wilson, we're not number one for nothing. You're stuck on an island. You're with Tom Hanks, Castaway, Wilson, the volleyball. And you got five songs, five Metallica songs, sorry, that you can listen to for the rest of your life with those two. What would be? Oops, go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry, Jeff. I was just going to say, what would be your top five that you would pick for the rest of your life? Basically like being stranded in Grand Forks for the rest of your life. Oh, man. I'd take the volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. but No fighting Sue. No fighting Hawks. It's the fighting Wilsons. No. What's the club up there? Is it called Sensations? I don't know. Were you ever to... Jeff, what's that other venue in Grand Forks? Remember when you went with that guy in his Mercedes to his studio? Oh, that was uh, <laughs> Whiskey Sam, I think. Whiskey Sam at that bottle pop shop. Yes, that's right. Oh, man. That, and was, that was sketchy. We played a place called Big Daddy's. Nice. Yeah, that, Does that ring a bell, Amanda? Nah, it doesn't. <laughs> it was a really like hole-in-the-wall mom-pop like, casino. Oh, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> all all I so, know is we There's so many, I don't... I can't even... There's all kinds of shit. start to think about Say it, it, Jeff. We can edit this. Oh, I don't know. There's all kinds of shit. I can't even start to think about it. I'm scared. No, uh, oh, no, I was just... Oh, you're going to have to say... Oh, I don't know. There's so many. There's so much. I can't even start to think about it. I can't it. even start to think about it. Sorry, I just got a bad case of the laughs. Excuse me. Sensations, The Bottle Shop, and Big Daddies we've played in Grand Forks. All right. Yeah, not ringing a bell. No pun intended. What years were you up there? I was up there 2013 through 2017. 
yeah, this was like I think the last time we played up there was twenty eleven, twenty twelve. That was back on our uh hole in the wall tour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Some good times though. Yeah, yeah. We, de- we definitely we got to see the part of America that you don't get to see every day. This is a part of America we never get to see. <laughs> you mean flat grassland prairie with about no topography, nothing and interesting. Snow drifts that are about eighty feet high because there's the wind never stops blowing. I know snow and wind that'll cut your face into pieces. That was why. Why not my not? Yeah, we, we played up in Minot, and I swear when we did load out when we got there, one of the times the wind Crazy. chill was like negative eighty degrees. Crazy. That sounds about right. That was when Chris's guitar he had isn't the I think one of the finishes cracked because it was so cold. He pulled it out of the case, and the, mm-hmm. the finish on it just it cracked. That was a crazy weekend. All right, Amanda, we're we're not in Minot Grand Forks, but we're on some tropical island. Five songs for the rest of your life. It's all you. Oh man, that's a commitment for the rest of my life. Yes, ma'am. My problem is that I cycle between, you know, what's my favorite album? What are my favorite songs? We all do, but you you got to nail down five for eternity. All right. I'd have Creeping Death. Nice. Because I love that riffage. Fade to Black. Oh man. Probably go with Freight Ends of Sanity. Nice. It's a long one. That'll keep you keep you entertained for a little while. That's what I'm thinking. You got to have a good "And Justice for All" song on there. Uh man, hit the lights probably because I love that song. Hit the lights! Wow, that's wow, a, we haven't had that one yet. I was gonna say that's a first. Yeah, I love "Kill 'Em All," but I think my favorite on "Kill 'Em All" transfers between like "Phantom Lord," "Whiplash," "Hit the Lights," but "Hit the Lights" for me is just timeless. So, got to go with that one. I, I could guess you liked Kill 'em All because you named your chapter Minnesota Militia with the Kill 'em All logo. Very cool. Yeah, that is that is true. Gosh, what else? I have some runner ups, but that fifth slot. Just in terms of she's going to say frantic. Uh, no. <laughs> my world. <laughs> yeah. Right. All within my hands. All right. No, no, that was a joke. That wasn't it. Oh, <laughs> just made Jeff's week. <laughs> and, then, was, and then took it away. I know that was pandering to the to the crowd. I'd probably have to go with a toss up between. Is a toss up allowed or is that cheating? Uh, let's hear what they are and then we'll decide. We'll decide if Wilson gets a, a song. Okay. Just for like length and emotion, Outlaw Torn. Or wow. That was just your life. Wow. Haven't heard that yet either. Haven't heard that one. So far, we've heard Outlaw, Creep, and Fade quite a bit. Mm hmm. I believe four out of five guests have mentioned Outlaw Torn. It 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 surprises me. I think it's, it was one of my songs. It was one of mine too. Okay, then I'll trend retra- amazing. I'll retract my answer and say that was just your life to be. Oh, unique. you. Oh, well, I mean, it's totally fine. It just I I love hearing that song because I mean, I guess I didn't realize that that song was so popular amongst just everyone. I don't know. It's. It's cool to hear everyone saying that song because I always cool with our our uh, demographic too. Yeah, I've been outlaw at the end. I I feel like I've always saw that song kind of as a rare track, a rare cut, you know. So to hear multiple people in a row say that song, I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, 
you know, at first when I first started getting into Metallica, you know, like most people, I was like, ah, I don't really care about Load, but you know, the more I listen to Load, the more I'm like, wow, there's some really amazing songs and they're like Bleeding Me and yep. Outlaw Torn for sure. Just like two that are just amazing songs in the Metallica discography as a whole. Yeah, I think Load and Reload are fantastic albums. Even some of the weirder songs like uh, Ronnie and uh, Prince Charming and those weird songs. I mean, they still got good, good riffage to them, good little hooks and yeah, I think Load and Reload still to this day are very underrated. Oh yeah, I think both of them have a depth that, like I said, when I first got into Metallica, just for the thrash and the speed and the riffage, I didn't appreciate, but they are such albums with depth, I guess. Like, And they're, you know, I don't know, like a band that's been around as long as Metallica, like they could make the same stuff, but the fact that they take those adventures into like dabbling into something that's a little bit outside their territory and expand is just like you have to respect it oh yeah well especially the time period too i mean you know the mid 90s where you had you know the popular thing wasn't to have this crazy stage show anymore it was to have a couple combo amps on stage and jump around in your flannels you know it was a whole different era with the grunge you know scene taking over and they definitely they transitioned well in my opinion you know because obviously the black album was already a huge transition from injustice and then going to load and reload i felt like that transitioned well you know and like i said i I love those albums i actually personally will put both of those albums before the black album in my top is for favorite metallica albums yeah the metallica cuts their hair era yeah that you know that's all right they it was you know, they're from California. It was hot. I have long hair. It gets warm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to go with Outlaw Torn when you've heard that live, Amanda, in a stadium. That's true. I feel like I have some credentials to back up that choice. So seeing it live for the first time since what? I don't even know. 99, maybe? Not even that? Like, long time. Right. I don't know. Maybe not that far back, but a good, good long while. Good couple years. You're talking about when it was on the record or when they played it live? When they last played it live. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, so. I heard that at the Fillmore, and there was an M2K show in Minneapolis. They played it that night. Wow. Those are only arenas and clubs. To hear a song that's that rare in a stadium with 70,000, that's... That's like hearing Cthulhu in a stadium. It just doesn't happen. Well, not only that, but a song that long too. I mean, in that right. in that setting, that's a very long song to you know, and it's not a very upbeat song. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you think of a stadium set list. Truth be told, one third of the people at that show probably did not know that song. Right. Yeah, but for the diehards that were there, they screamed so loud that it overshadowed all the people that didn't know the song. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw, like, I was on the rail with, you know, all the diehards are up at the rail, and there were uh, some people, you know, a couple people away from me on the right who just, like, they cheered up a bit when it played. Like, they looked at each other with this look like, oh, my God, they're doing it. Like, I've waited so long for this moment, and they just started crying, and I was like, you gotta love it. When I finally hear Trapped Under Ice for the first time, Jeff, get the Kleenex for me. I hope that I'm there for that one because I need to hear that song live too. Catch my tears, bud. I need to hear that song live and I need to play that song live. 
Really? I, man, I've been wanting to play that song live for for quite quite a few years now. I think me and Pizzle have been talking about it. All right, start writing the set list. Let's do it. All right, I'm gonna write the Ringle set list. I'll send it to you tomorrow. As long as we open up with Motor Breath, like we promised a couple shows ago. Motor, Trapped, Escape, Outlaw, Fixer, <laughs> Fixer, Fixer, <laughs> Two by Four. Yeah, I was gonna say first uh, set post COVID, Trapped Under Ice. Just, just do it. That'd be fitting. It would be very fitting. Especially a great consider- song to play in Grand Forks in January. Yeah. Or am I not? <laughs> if you don't freeze to death first. Pretty much. <laughs> Seriously. So you bought the All Nightmare Long package. Have you ever met the band? I have. I Right won. on. Not the full band, unfortunately. But okay. I got to meet Kirk, Lars, and Rob with that uh, meet and greet experience through the Met Club. Cool. It was on, that's when I cried, if we're talking about crying. like. Uh-oh, Amanda <laughs> needs some Kleenex too, guys. Yeah, I entered, it was for the Minneapolis show, that one back in 2018. And yeah, meet I, and greet in your hometown. I did, it was phenomenal. Oh, that's pretty sweet. I know, it was like a, dr- a dream come true. And so I entered, you know, I've in, like everybody, I enter all the time and, you know, I don't really expect to be chosen because there's so many people and the odds are not ever in your favor. And I remember so vividly just getting an email and I thought it was a joke. I was like, you've won. What? Me? Like, Amanda really? Amanda Hefner, you have been chosen. Yeah. It's like, you have been selected as a winner. And I looked at the email. I was like, this is really from Metallica, right? And I went on the website. It said like, you know, where you have entered under the contest, it was like one. And I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Like, this is the best day ever. All right. Like I, I was so excited. Like I started crying. I was so, so stoked. And I was like running around. I was telling everybody, I called my dad. I was like, you'll never guess what happened. Like I was like in hysterics. Cause I was like, this is happening. And he's like, are you okay? Like, <laughs> he's like, calm down. Like you're in Minneapolis. Like what's going on? I'm like, Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm better than fine. I'm great. Like I get to go meet three of the dudes from Metallica. And it was just amazing. So cool. Um, from the time you entered to when the show was, how much heads up do they give you? They gave me about, I think, a little less than two weeks. It was pretty quick, like right before the show. Um, yeah, I think it was about two weeks to a week and a half or a, yeah, a week and a half out. And, you know, they basically are like, you won, like, stay tuned. We're going to follow up with instructions on where to meet, like what you can bring, the protocol, all that kind of stuff. And right. You know, I'm anxiously awaiting for the follow-up email. They give it to me. They're like, we're going to meet at like this point and target center. And then we'll escort you back, like go through all these security checks and, you know, bring two out or two uh, things to sign that you want the band to sign. You know, it's a limit of two and, you know, they'll have somebody taking pictures for you. Like, you know, one of their crew members is just, you know, walking behind the guy with the camera and taking cell phone pics or whatever you want. And so, yeah, I showed up that day and, it was really rainy. I remember it. Cause I was like, Oh man, like I'm going to get all soaked. And you know, I brought my, I brought two albums. I brought my green hardwired to self-destruct first edition vinyl for them to sign. Oh, cool. And I think that was a web exclusive, uh, color variant. Yep. So I got that and I brought my live at the house of vans vinyl for them to sign. Cause oh, that was a cool one. Nice pick. So two pieces of vinyl. Yeah, I did two pieces of vinyl. I debated doing a picture, like a drum head, but 
you know, it was just like right after, not right after, because it was about two years after, but, you know, Hardwired was what they were touring and, you know, it was the World Wired cycle. And I love the House of Vans recording and that show. Like I wasn't there, but <laughs> I just, I just love it. Like for some reason, like it's just like something so, about it. So I wanted to get that signed. Oh, Jeff, guess what song they open up with at House of Vans? Uh, I don't know. Maybe Bread Fan. <laughs> I remember. Amanda, is that true? <laughs> yep. Can confirm. Oh, it is confirmed. I definitely remember that show. I've watched that a bunch of times. I love that footage. It is so cool to see them do something that stripped down. I don't know if you've heard uh, previous episodes, Amanda, but there's kind of a running joke of how much Jeff loves opening a set with Bread Fan. <laughs> I, I love the song, and I don't mind playing it at all. It's just... Me and my bass player have both had this just kind of passion for not wanting to open with that song for like almost a decade now, (laughs) but it's all good because Shane writes the set and then that means that we don't have to. House of Vans, Bread Fan, here we go. Then we had Tiff on Hawaii and her first show was they opened with Bread Fan. They opened with Bread Fan, yep. And then... I can't remember if it was Bob or Matt, another show where they opened with Bread Fan. So we have a Bread Fan opener trend going, and we have a Outlaw Torn trend really going. Sweet. Love that. Yeah, they played Bread Fan in Minneapolis at that show. I couldn't believe it because, you know, I always thought that Bread Fan is such a European exclusive almost. And I love it. Like, I love Bread Fan. And when they, like, he was like, oh, yeah. Bread and, Fan. Well, especially hearing it live. I mean, it's still, like I said, I don't dislike the song by any means. So anyone listening, don't take that as me hating the song. It's just I the just, opening slot you don't like. Yeah, you know, I I love hearing it live, you know, and I love still listening to the old Binge and Purge, you know, Bread Fan. And, I yeah, I, it's a good song. Straight riffage. Yep. Minneapolis is great. Bread fan and um, they played Clover that night. They They did. They did. Yep. I was so happy because the first time I ever saw Metallica in 2004, they played Clover. Right. So being able to hear that, and that's a song I love playing live as well. So to be able to hear that after one, you know, seeing them the first time, and then playing it and then all the years of us playing it and seeing it, it was very cool. Yeah. They did Harvester too. That was pretty phenomenal. Yeah. That was my first time seeing Harvester. I was a little upset because I wanted to hear dream no more so bad. And then they played it the next night. Yeah. Uh, They played dream no more in grand forks. Yeah. That was, I'm pretty sure that was the next night. Wasn't it? I think I sang in video and said, oh, Jeff. Yeah, I wanted to hear that song so bad. and Got a little clip for you. I was like, if I hear that one, we're good. And I unfortunately did not get to hear it, but that's all right. Because Clover, it took its place. Well, going back to the island with Wilson, Amanda's top five, Creep, Fade, Frayed. That kind of sounded cool. <laughs> creep, Fade, Frayed, Hit the Lights. And a tie of Outlaw Torn, and that was just your life. If you had to pick one favorite song live, Amanda, what do you got? Oh, man. Wow. That's tough. I mean, 
this probably is, you know, very generic, but I always love seeing one just with like when they have that whole stadium set up and they have the troops and the fireworks and the explosives. Like, I hear you. I love that. That's always great for me. Like, yeah, I know it's it's played at every show, but I that experience of being there and just when, you know, James is just screaming and, you know, going like, God, help me. You just said it perfectly because that's what I've always said to people about Metallica. I'm like, it's when you go see Metallica live, it's not just a concert or a show or anything. It is truly an experience no matter what setting you see them in. So I, I completely understand what you're saying with, with one because, yeah, as many times as we've heard it, to be able to see all of that and then, yeah, James's, uh, you know, the aggression and the passion he puts into it, it's it's very intense and it's definitely an experience. Yeah, the screaming where he's like, no, no, no. It's like, yeah, it just right. gets me. It's just so cool. And my first time seeing it live with, like, the, you know, they had it going around the stadium and had the and, like, the gunshots and the fireworks and everything it was just like oh this is so cool helicopters and the flash pots and everything yeah it's amazing how metallica's production can make can make the song and then you go see someone with a even larger production like kiss Mm -hmm. and the production doesn't do shit for the song right you have a you have an okay song and you have this overtop production, but they don't mix. You go see Metallica, and the production mixes so perfectly with the song, with the lighting, the effects, the pyrotechnics, the video screens. It's it's hard to describe that to a person who's never seen a live Metallica show before. They cue it up with their music perfectly. Where a band like right. like a band like Kiss or even like a band like uh, Romstein or you know, they're whole show is based on that wow factor so even if you have a song like beth you're gonna have fucking flames that are 30 (laughs) feet high going you know which i love kiss i absolutely love kiss and i love their music but i agree with you there's just i've seen videos where it's just like some of their pyro it's like all right you are overdoing it for the song that you're playing you're playing detroit rock city go crazy you know burn the whole place down but when you're playing you know Again, you know, song like Beth. Beth. Yeah, don't. Yeah. <laughs> when you go see Rammstein, it's like you're seeing fuel being played for two hours straight. Yeah, it's just nothing but flames and pyro. And that's that's a sweaty show <laughs> for the fans, even. I wonder what their pyro bill is at the end of a show. Probably a shit ton. Yeah, do they, when they go on tour, do they bring a tanker with that just had fuel <laughs> in it for every show. I think they have that in their rider. There's probably four trucks that back up to the arena. It's all right, plug in. We're going to drain all these by the end of the night. Yeah. Yeah. I'm bummed because I had tickets to go see Rammstein in Minneapolis at us bank stadium. It was supposed to be in August, but of course with all the current events that got postponed and now it's not going to be till 2021. And it's like, you know, all things considered, I kind of expected it and, you know, knew it was going to happen, but it's such a bummer because I've never seen them. And I really want to experience that live show yeah, with all those pyrotechnics and just crazy German energy. Yeah. It's so disappointing not to get into the, the political game, but I'm starting to wonder when Minneapolis, after what they've gone through in the last month is going to see its next event. Yeah. It's hard to say. I, uh, you know, I don't think anybody's too sure. I mean, they're just opening up, you know, 
restaurants and, you know, just kind of daily things like that. I think, you know, kind of the consensus is, you know, for states that really heavily lock down, you know, like Minneapolis, you know, live music may be one of the last things to come back, which is always a bummer, but. Yeah, that's what we're worried about. Yeah, I know we'll get there. And, you know, this year, I think for concerts, especially Minneapolis, you know, it's kind of, I'm just counting it off the table for the year. It's, it's sad, but, you know, like shows I had tickets to in September have been rescheduled and, you know, October is rescheduled. And I have currently Lamb of God and Megadeth tickets. I don't know if that's going to happen at the Armory. That hasn't, I think that's like the day before Halloween at the Armory. Is that the one with uh, In Flames and Trivium as well? Yes. Yeah. That's stacked. So that's pretty solid. That is an amazing lineup. That's a pretty solid show for the Armory. Yeah. So I. Better than the myth. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, the Armory Armory is a building from probably the the forties or fifties that the Minneapolis Lakers used to play in. It's um it's amazing. It's <laughs> it used to be a parking ramp for uh twins and Vikings games. Yep. Yeah, so I'm expecting that's gonna get postponed along with everything else, but that's another show. I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Hopefully, you know, it won't be too long before I get to do that. Cause I've never seen lamb of God. They've been on my list for years and I just have never been able to see them somehow. Like I'm always out of town or they're somewhere they else. They are or... something else to see live. I, I have seen they are them solid out of all those bands in flames is the only one I haven't seen. Um, I was fortunate enough to see lamb of God when Chris Adler was still in the band back in, what was it? 06, 07, it would have been the Wrath era. Um, and it, yeah, it was amazing. And I saw them with Metallica, uh, what was that, 09, that they were at the Target Center for the World Magnetic Tour? Yes. Yeah. And yeah, they are seeing Randy live. That's cool because, I mean, you can see videos and all that, but when you hear that, I mean, he sounds like the devil live. It's insane. A lot of energy, you know. It's a very good show, so you're definitely in for a treat when that show gets rescheduled. Yeah, they're sweet. I've been, like I said, I've been wanting to see them for years, and I loved Chris Adler, which is a bummer that I don't get to see him, but, you know, they're still going to be great. Funny thing is, is I actually, first and only time I've seen Megadeth is when Chris Adler was their drummer. (laughs) Well, there you go. Works out. Worked out. Yeah. Amanda, going back to your uh, meet and greet, what did you chat with the guys about? It's all kind of a blur. Uh, Not really too much. Um, You know, how it worked is, you know, they take us backstage and, you know, my heart started racing because, you know, you go through the curtain and you see all of their like gear boxes and, you know, trunks that they haul everything in and, you know, everything just says Metallica and like live shit and all this stuff that you've seen. And I've seen in pictures that I'm like, as soon as you see that, then the heart rate is just starts pumping. I bet. (laughs) Right. I'm like, you know, everything's like tape, got the duct tape on it with like stuff written on it, you know, like, Oh, this is like this. It's amazing how any of us see a road case and we're like, Oh shit. And it's like, all it is is a case on wheels, dude. Big deal. Yeah, but it's you know where it's been, where it's going, what's inside of it. <laughs> the problem is we see it so much in pictures and fan club stuff and videos. You know, okay, we're, we're officially backstage when we see an entire hallway full of Metallica cases. Right, and that's kind of how it was is I, I saw that and like seeing that with my own eyes, I was like, I'm really here. Like this is something that's happening. This is going to be so awesome. And, you know, I don't know. It was probably like chad like james's guitar tech like working out as you know guitar or something but like there was like you could hear hetfield's guitar 
like on the PA system while you're walking backstage, like coming through the stadium. And I'm like, okay, like this is pretty fucking cool. And, you know, seeing the the gear cases and, you know, they line you up and, you know, basically you just have to wait patiently because they'll come out whenever they're done sound checking or, you know, tuning or whatever they have to do. And, you know, as we're standing there, Jim Brewer comes walking past and is like, oh, hey, what's up, guys? And we're all like, yeah, what's up, Jim? So that was kind of neat. Like we all, you know, talked with him for a bit, got to say hi. Sure. And uh, how it worked out is I was uh, second to last on the end. So they were coming out of the, the curtain and, you know, meeting everybody before getting to me. And I thought that was kind of good because, you know, the first one to come out was uh, Rob. And when Rob came out, I was, you know, I was like, oh, my gosh, he's right there. This is so cool. And I was like, what do I say? Like, you you can't possibly say everything like you'd ever want to say to the guys in Metallica. Like, it's just not going to happen. You don't want to come across as being like, right. oh, my God. And so, like, he was super cool, like, shaking everybody's hands, taking pictures, signing autographs. And he got to me and I was like, hey, what's up, Rob? And, you know, I think I gave him my live at Vans vinyl first to sign. And he was like, Oh, this is like super cool. And like, you know, he was telling me a story about like some shirt that he wore, like at that show, you know, he got like from a friend in Hawaii or something like that. You know, I might be misremembering, but he like had a story about like, you know, that shirt and like how he just, it was a unique thing to wear at the time. And he was like, do you mind if I take a picture like with this album? Like any, like held it up in front of his chest and had one of the guys. And you said, yes, I mind. That is mine. Right. I was like, for 50 uh, bucks. <laughs> right. 50 was, bucks. 50 bucks. No, but, uh, he held it up in front of his chest, got one of the crew members to take a picture with it. I was like, I don't know where that picture's going. Probably nowhere, but that's my vinyl in there. Very so, cool. Very cool. Yeah. He was super nice. Like he is so chill down to earth. Like he is an, an awesome dude, like super approachable, like no problem talking with him. And, you know, then Kurt came out and, you know, got to chat with him. He, you know, had, I'm really glad that I brought the Live at Vans vinyl because it seemed to be the talking point because good the Live at Vans show was the birthday of Hardwired when they had the release for it, but it was also Kirk's birthday. And so we talked about that for a bit. He was like, I remember that show. Like, you know, I think that's when he got like a pie in the face at the end of the show and everything. And good old Metallica birthday pieing. Right. So he was just talking about how much fun he had at that gig and, you know, all that stuff. And he's like, I remember this. Like, I remember like all the, and he was like thumbing through the pictures as well. Cause when you open the vinyl, you know, it's, it has like a picture of them on the stage, like spread out over the two different like foldings in the casing. So, you know, he was looking at the pictures and everything and, you know, we were talking about it. And so that was super cool. We got a picture together and, you know, I was geeking out a little bit cause that was super cool. And then Lars is the last one to come out. And I was like, all right, here's the guy. <laughs> like, you know, this is Mr. Metallica right here, you know, next to James. That's when shit gets real when he uh, walks through the curtain in the hallway. Right. He walked out and he did a little thing where like kind of hunches over a bit with his toothpick and looks at us and goes like, oh, what's up, guys? And it's and you realize at that point, oh, this is no act. I've seen this in videos a thousand times, but here it is right in front of me. And this is the real deal. I know. Because like, God, like everybody, like I've seen one interviews but also i've seen like all the you know old meet and greet footage from like death magnetic forward sure. and you know i'm always like oh how cool is that like these people get to talk to lars and you know he's walking up and i'm like okay like he's getting close to me what am i gonna say and you know he's just he's so nice because like he takes the time to talk with everybody like not just like shake their hand and move on like he asks like oh what's your name like where are you from how many times have you seen metallica 
you know, he makes it very personal and yeah, he you does know. way more talking to you, the fan, than any fan does back to him. Yeah, he really does. And that's how I felt. You know, he definitely took the longest in line, you know, just, you know, that we had a black ticket holder in the line. I think he's the head of Wisconsin Whiplash is that's who's there. I didn't know it at the time, but he was there and he had a black ticket and Lars was like, oh, it lives. Ah, it lives. It lives. It lives. Yes. Like, and he wanted to talk to him about his black ticket experiences <laughs> and, you know, just wanted to take pictures for his Instagram story with the the black ticket, you know, badge and everything. And was just, you know, talking with everybody. And I wore my, um, you know, like the twins, Minnesota twins logo with the Metallica on there that I got at US Bank Stadium, that shirt. I do the, uh, the mini and Paul. Yeah, the blue shirt with the outline with the, the twins. Very cool. Logo. So I wore that. And, you know, Lars, that's the first thing he wants to comment on. He's like, oh, my, that's a cool shirt. And I was like, thanks. You know, I got it when I saw you in 2016 and, you know, everything. And he's just like, ask me where I'm from, like, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. And, you know, just I I was like, basically, you know, I was like, you know, thank you for all the great music, you know, the fan interaction, like everything like Metallica is a means a lot to me. It means a lot to everybody. So the fact that you're doing this is really cool. And you know, he was like, he stopped me. He was like, no, no, no. Like, thank you. Like you have the cool shirts. You brought the vinyls. Like you got so much, you know, you got cool stuff too. And, you know, wanted to talk about that. So he kind of flipped it around and wanted to not talk about him being the drummer from Metallica, but, you know, wanted to talk about, you know, me and my relationship with Metallica, which I thought was amazing. Like, you know, to be a normal guy and have a conversation with you. Super cool. And I think it's great because I know there's a lot of people outside of the Metallica sphere that, you know, he gets a reputation of being like, Oh, he's like a dick. He's an ass, whatever. It's like, he could not have been nicer. He was the nicest dude. He's probably the most famous person I've met. And he was one of the nicest, like he's such a stand up, approachable, very cool dude. And like my experience with him was amazing. I feel like he gets that rap based off of how he interacts with his bandmates, you know? And I feel like a lot of people forget that, They've known each other a lifetime. He can say whatever the fuck he wants to them. You know what I mean? And yeah, every video I've ever seen and every person I've ever talked to says that he's literally nothing but the nicest guy, you know, and he seems like he'd be one of the most down to earth celebrities ever. I unfortunately have never met him, but um, he definitely seems very, very approachable and very, very nice. Yeah, that was one of the. I guess like most memorable and special parts of the experience because all the guys like Rob Kirk and Lars were all super nice. Like everybody was so approachable and down to earth and Lars especially was, you know, just so nice. He could not have been more, you know, welcoming and hospitable to, you know, be in that presence in that environment. It's rare to hear from you, Amanda, that you had nothing planned of what you were going to discuss with the guys or ask them as they were coming down the line. You're, Oh, we're just going to chat and have a normal conversation. So many people get wrapped up in this canned speech or, you know, thing they wanted to tell them for the last 18 years and it, and it never goes according to plan. Right. And that's kind of how I felt like I had, you know, let's say two weeks before I was going to show up and meet them. And I'm like, what do I say? Like, there's so many things like I could talk for hours to them about like, Oh my God, like, I love this. I love that. Like you've done this for me. Like you mean so much to me, whatever. But it's like, you know, I, you know, my dream of course is to one day meet James, 
and all the interviews and experiences that I've had, like watching James talk about that stuff. He's like, I just want to have a down to earth conversation. Like, I don't want you to look at me as this, you know, huge figure in the huge heavy metal band. Like, I just want to be a guy. Like, I just want to know about you. And so like, that's kind of how I approached it is like, you know, they hear this stuff all the time. And, you know, I got to say what I wanted to say, like, like I said, saying like, oh, you know, Metallica means a lot to me. Like, thank you, period. You know, that was about it. You know, I could have really gone on, but. And what you really want to say to Lars was, please play Freda Ends of Sanity tonight, please. Right. I was like, please, but no. Don't play that bread fan shit. Just play Freda Ends. I was about bread fan. I was so excited when they went. All right. <laughs> So, yeah, it's like, you know, they hear they've heard that for 30 years. So, you know, I wanted to do that, but, you know, you don't have to. You really don't have to. Like, they want to know you. They want to, you know, get to know you in that two minutes they get to chat with you. You know, they want to have that be a little bit more personal rather than what they hear all the time. So overall, it was a 10 out of 10 in your first Metallica meet and greet experience is what you're saying. It was amazing. Awesome. Yeah, very, Follow, very happy. Followed by a great show. It was a great show. Like what we were talking about, the set list was good. Got Bread Fan, No Leaf Clover, Harvester, probably some other things I'm forgetting that I really loved. But yeah. How many times, have you, how many times have you seen them? See, this is kind of sad. I've only seen them four times. Nothing wrong with that. I've only seen them three times. Okay, that makes me feel a little bit better. I know, uh, who was it, Tiff, that saw them 119 times? 119 not a typo yeah i saw that and i was like oh man she's got me beat by 115 (laughs) (laughs) i got i gotta say there's not many bands in all of the bands that i've seen in my life that even hit double digits i mean it's tough it is and to think that people hit triple digits i mean that's that's impressive what surprised me about tiff was 119 Think about where she's located in the world. Getting mm-hmm. to those yeah, shows is being, what's phenomenal. Being that far away. Yeah. One thing to be in LA, Frisco, New York, uh, you know, Central Europe, but Hawaii to get to all that, I was like, whoa. Yeah, that's impressive. Like, there's so many diehards that just follow them everywhere. Like, all the black ticket holders, you know, they just see like 20, 30 shows a tour, and it's super impressive. And I'd love to do that. But, you know, that takes so much dedication and passion and just money. And it's just so impressive that people are able to do that. Well, you can't do that when you're studying geology and flooding. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. But then once you get that new job and then you're making the big bucks, then you can just fly yourself wherever you want to go. It's true. Yeah. I feel like, you know, I. I'm 25. And so I pretty much like dove headfirst into the band right around Death Magnetic. And I didn't see them on the Death Magnetic tour because I was like 13 and it just first didn't happen. Right. And so there was a, a long gap between Death Magnetic tour cycle and them playing shows in the U.S. that weren't California and New York. And so my first show was U.S. Bank Stadium in 2016. And All right. That's a yeah. hell of a first show. That was a great show. And, you know, I obviously would have loved, I would have jumped on the opportunity to see him sooner, but it just happened that the wait was long and it was bittersweet, but it was very worth it in the end because that was a phenomenal experience and seeing them and, you know, your hometown at the new stadium that they christened yeah, was pretty sweet. 
So that's where they debuted uh, Hardwired. Hardwired. That's right. I remember that historical show. Very cool. Yeah. So U.S. Bank, Target Center, Mannheim. What was the other one? Denver, twenty seventeen. Oh, the one where the 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 storm rolled in, and we thought it was going to get canceled. You were at that one, Shane. I was there with Chris and uh, Mr. Billy McClure and Seven Songs In. A thunderstorm from hell descended on Mile High, and I thought, there's a chance that this could be canceled after six or seven songs. It was it was brutal. Yeah, it was bad. There was really bad lightning, but I love that they took the opportunity after you know the storm had cleared out. They were coming back to the stage to go. There you go. That sounded pretty good. Nice work. <laughs> Want a job? Jeff can't hum that. Yeah. So I was like, I would have loved if they played it in the fall, but the tease was, it was great. It was the topical. Was it was great. funny. So that was a great show. That was a, the only set, I believe, that they didn't play Nothing Else Matters. And so I was like, mm, fine by me. If that's one they cut, that's all right. Yeah. Due to time constraints, they cut Nothing Else and I believe Halo, Halo. on Fire. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Halo would have been cool. I love that song. Hey, out of four shows, you've seen some solid stuff. I have. I put together a list uh, on my phone and my notepad and just, you know, tracking all the songs I've seen. And it's a for four shows, I feel like it's a pretty diverse list of songs. That's solid. You've seen some great production, seen Foreign Country, Outlaw Touring Live. That's that's awesome. Yeah, and U.S. Bank Stadium, that was unique because they played, what, King Nothing, Sanitarium, Leper Messiah, Hardwired for the first time. Yeah, good memory. What else I remember, was there? I remember at U.S. Bank, somehow Leper Messiah, people voted for that. There was a vote-in song, and I believe that was Leper. It was Leper. I think it was between Leper and Ride the Lightning. And the people of Minneapolis and abroad voted for Leper Messiah. So you just hummed Ride the Lightning. Can you hum Leper for us? There we go. Did you get that, Jeff? That's how you play that riff. That was spot on. Yeah, We shouldn't have trivia. We should have named that humming tune by right. Amanda in Colorado. I was just about to say, you know, she, you know, for someone who jumped into to Metallica just not even that long ago, it seems like, and you got, good. you've got your own chapter you're humming the tunes. How is your Metallica knowledge? I guess we'll find out. Yeah? You ready <laughs> You ready to jump in the fire? I'll jump in the fire. Let's jump in the fire, everyone. And at the end of season one, it comes down to a jump in the fire toy figurine. And the runner-up gets a James Hetfield pick tin. How's that sound, Amanda? Sounds pretty good. Do you like free stuff? Who doesn't like free stuff? <laughs> I think our bass player made that quote famous, Jeff. Oh, I like free stuff. Uh, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna give you a point if you can name the city we were in when he said that. Uh, we were at a baseball game. And, minor league. Yep, it was a minor league game. Was that? Oh shit! It wasn't. I know it wasn't down in Texas. Wasn't the caboose? I know. <laughs> Wasn't the caboose? <laughs> oh, I can I can picture it. Was it in? Oh, dude, no, I'm. Uh... Corpus Christi. Oh, it was in Texas. Yes, it was. That's right, because we walked back from the 
from the ballpark to the hotel. And I remember it was hot as fuck that day. And he was all upset that we dragged him out to a baseball game on a night off. And he was pouting and complaining. And then when they brought the T-shirt gun out to shoot free shirts into the stands, he stood up and was the most happiest person in the crowd. Went, oh, I like free stuff. Yeah. And then somehow the one person in the whole stadium who didn't want to go to the game wins a T-shirt and then didn't (laughs) give it to the season ticket holders that were right next to us that legitimately wanted it. And, oh. I, and you know that shirt got turned into a cutoff fucking. <laughs> oh, he cut the sleeves off that night. Yeah, I, you know that's a fact. I can't wait for the Mike Presley episode. It's, it's. I don't know if it's going to be, be a fucking train wreck. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be good for us or if it's going to be good for the fans. But it's going to be good for for someone. Oh, there's going to be some laughs in there. Well, Miss Hefner, you ready to jump in the fire? I guess so. All right, here we go. I'm going to ask the first five. Jeff will ask the last five. How that sound? All right, ten whole questions. You're going to be just fine. Here we go. Number one, where was Master of Puppets recorded? Oh, geez. And you can name the studio or the country it was recorded Absolutely. in. Absolutely. I want to say Sweden. But I feel like that's not right. Go one country south of there. Oh, this is geography now. I know. This is this is where I'm on the spot. Denmark? If you got your geography down, there you go. All right. <laughs> Sweet Silent Studios in uh, Copenhagen. Oh, of course. See, geography at UND just paid off. Look at that. It did. Your student <laughs> loans have kicked in and they're already paying themselves off. Yeah, got to get that pick 10. <laughs> oh, you're going for the jump in the fire figure. That's the that's oh, the real trophy. That's the grand prize. That's the All real right. deal holy field. There you go. Question two. Name. These kind of go by nicknames. Name one of Rob's custom bases. So his guitars have names or images on them. We're just looking for one. Specific names? Or you or could, the description of them. Yeah, just name one of the basses that you've seen him play. About that purple sparkly one with the metallic flake. Bingo. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. I was going to say names of guitars. I know Carl, the Garage Days, or the guitar that was built That's out of the James's garage. That's guitar, yep. The Ken's Explorer. The, yeah. The Ken Lawrence. All right. That purple bass is badass. Yep. Question three on Jump in the Fire with Miss Hefner. Name three cities that are on the live shit binge and purge box set. So the VHSs or the DVDs or the CDs. Shit. I know Mexico City. There's one. The others. Good Lord. I love how you said shit and we're talking about live shit. I know. No pun intended. So the three CDs is Mexico City. Do you remember Mexico. the videos? Oh, man. I'm so bad at thinking on my feet. This is another geography question, Jeff. Yeah. Well, I could take a shot in the dark. I, I don't know the other two. I'm going to say like Los Angeles, and we'll go Copenhagen again. <laughs> Good guesses, but we're looking for Seattle. Oh, That, that of was course. 1989. Justice tour footage and the uh, Black Album in '92 was San Diego. Oh damn, Seattle! Of course, '89. 
We were talking about grunge earlier. I mean, there, there you go. I know. Yeah. Question four. That was a little complex. Question four. Uh, James Hetfield, you're familiar with the pyrotechnic accident mm-hmm. when he got burned on the Black Elm tour. What city did that occur in? Quebec. Jeff, you want to help her? Montreal. Oh, there we go. Right at the buzzer. Quebec's the province. That's why you're perfect. So you're way ahead of... This is she doesn't need crazy how geography-based this has gotten. I know, just for me. I was One, just thinking that two, when I looked at the three, questions. I'm like, three out of four of these have dealt with geography. Good thing she went to UND, Jeff. <laughs> um, let's see. I'm doing the first five. I really hope you get this one. We were talking about this earlier. Question five on Jumping the Fire. What song opened up the Death Magnetic World Magnetic Arena shows? What was the opening song on that tour? I don't know if this is the first. Will you say the first show or just the opener? The that entire tour they opened with the same song. That every was just night. your life. Yes, nicely done. My fifth island pick. Exactly. As soon as you mention that, I'm like, oh, this is going to tie in perfect. Great. I love that opening because there's no lights. It's just completely lasers during that. I know. It gives me chills when I watch those those shows. Love that opener. Especially with the heartbeat. Yeah. Straight Hetfield riffage. Exactly. All right. We're going to take it on back to the reload era. Question number six. What track number on Reload is Devil Dance? Oh, man. Um, Pizzle would love this question. See, that's timely because they played it on Metallica Monday tonight. There's where it came from. I feel like five, six, or seven. I'll just go with six because it's episode six. Or six bleeding me. We're looking for number three. Oh, no. Come dance. I was I was waiting a second to see if you if you were gonna say a different one at the at the buzzer, but yes, unfortunately we were looking for track number three. Shoot. No worries, no worries. That's a great song live. Question number seven. How many lines did Dane DeHaan have in the Through the Never movie? Mm. <laughs> did he have any? <laughs> I don't oh. know, did he? <laughs> did he? It's got to be like one or is, none. Is that your final answer? I'll go with one. Oh, nice. None. No, yeah, you know, you were right. Okay, okay, you had me guessing. <laughs> that's why That's why we said final answer <laughs> and make sure that you were yeah. going to stick with one. <laughs> one yeah. is your final answer, Amanda? Yes. Nicely done. Great. Now, extra credit, can you name the line? No. Pancakes go. Just kidding. I don't know it. <laughs> I love that. He goes, hey. Hey. And that was it. Sweet. Sign sign my check. Well, like I gig. said, I was like, doesn't he say any? Like, that doesn't come to mind. But yeah, one. It's yep. got to be one. Hey and hey. And I'm thinking, boy, you learned your lines just as they started to roll. Pretty good gig.
All right. So the next two questions, we're going to do something a little different here. Uh, it's still trivia based, but it's a name of the song based off the lyric line. Okay. So we're going to we're going to test your lyrical knowledge and see if you need a word wedge or not. Okay. <laughs> Number 8. Out for my own out to be free. Escape. Oh, that was so nice. quickly answered. I love it. Nicely done, Amanda. I was waiting for exit light. <laughs> I know, right? How about sanitarium? Yeah, I, I, that would work too. <laughs> because it's welcome home. <laughs> ah. Can't say, that's wrong. It's actually called welcome home. <laughs> <Right? laughs> the, the full answer we were looking for. What is? <laughs> All right. Question number nine. Ain't no mercy there for me. And you know, to most, I feel like this would be flipped around that Escape would have been the tricky one because it's not a well-known song. This song... She answered Escape in a second and a half. In a second. The only hint you'll get for this is this song was a single. It was a single. Say it. What's it again, Jeff? I said it was a single. I know. Say the lyric line again. Ain't no mercy there for me. No mercy. Oh, I, I'm like. It's so weird when you just no, hear I, the I words. No, I hear. It's like, I, what I'm getting. I'm piecing. I'm piecing it together. Wow. Take your time. Bum, bum, wow. Bum, bum, da, da, da. I disappear. There you go. Wow. I was just about to say you got ten seconds. <laughs> That good. was impressive. That was good. It like it ha- I had to put like it's hard when you just speak it and there's no like melody or thing you can put it with. You have to like kind of go yeah, through your you catalog. Read, when you just hear the words or like write it down, it's like this is the weirdest thing ever. Good thing you're good at humming melody lines. Yeah, she's it, good, man. I'm impressed. This is the can- first week we've done this lyric line. Yeah, I like it, and you're doing well. So the last question, just back to plain old trivia. That was just a little uh, test to see how that would go. Last question, number 10. What symbol company endorses Lars? Symbols? He's been with them forever. Oh, jeez. Is Tama just the toms and the, the drums, or that, is it the symbols is, too? Nope, Tama is just his drum kit. I should okay. I shouldn't have said that, but... <laughs> Tama's the drums were looking for the symbols. One more chance. Uh, Zildjian. I don't know. <laughs> oh my god! Wow, nicely done, Amanda. Was that right? Yeah, yeah, Zildjian. Wow. It's like a, a few of these questions. She's thrown out the three pointer right at the buzzer. I swear, you got it right? Like there's point two on the on the clock. Yeah, less than a second on the shot clock, and boom, boom, buzzer, three pointer. They're educated guesses, but they are guesses. Hey, you know. If it was who wants to be a millionaire, you would have won some money. Sweet. I love that. Isn't that when Lars was on that show? He goes, oh, I got to go with my gut. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'll go, go with my gut here. All right. So Miss Hefner on Jumping the Fire. Did she get the Sweet Silence Copenhagen one? Uh, I think she said. She said Sweden, then she said Denmark. Are we giving that to we her? We gave her a hint. So are we going to count that one? We're going to count that. We're going to count that one. We'll, we'll, we'll give each guest one hint. It'll be like their mulligan. She named, she named one of Rob's bases. There's two. 
She did not get the live shit. Yet. She didn't come up with. She named Montreal, which is in Quebec. She got all um, the rest of them. That was just your life. She got. She did not get Devil Dance. Oh no! Never mind. Yep. She got Dihan. She named Escape. I disappear. Zildjian. Amanda, that was solid. You're coming in eight out of ten. Nice. I'll take it. Nice work. That is definitely good. She's going to be in the running for one of those gifts, man. Yeah, I think we got an 8, 9, and a 10. Yeah, if they're all the name the lyric, you know, just give me enough time. It'll come. We've got two at <laughs> six. You're at eight. Matt Angeli's at nine, and Bob O'Rourke was at 10. Yep. So if you win, are we mailing these gifts to Minneapolis or Parker, Colorado? we got to know these details. It'll probably be Minneapolis. Depending on how long it goes, it's probably going to be Minneapolis. There you go. Do you have any chapter parties scheduled coming up? Not right now, thanks to good old COVID-19. But yeah, I'm bummed because I was super stoked about the blackened release party that you guys were going to play at. And that just didn't <laughs> already, get to happen. I already forgot about that. Hopefully we can reschedule that. Yeah, so that was the only party I had to planning but do you have a bottle of black in yourself amanda yes i have a couple how's it taste it's amazing i love it i like whiskey i'm a whiskey person so all right up your alley yeah it's good and you know i'm not saying it just because it's metallica like it's very good smooth it's it's my favorite in mixed drinks so it's very nice good flavor so when you ordered your bottle did you get to select what number it was based off the songs on it I did not. I had to order it online, you know, when okay. it first came out because it didn't, you know, it, it's in Minneapolis now, but it wasn't for the longest time. And so right. I ordered my first bottle online and I happened to get James's, uh, I think it's 86 playlist is the one I got. Cool. And so that was my first bottle. And I've just gotten 95s after that. I ordered another bottle online. It was 95, which is Lars's and the ones that I found at Total Wine and Roseville, Minnesota, when they first released it onto the Minnesota market, was 95 as well. Very cool. It's available in most markets in or most stores in Minneapolis now? It's available in quite a few retail locations around the Twin Cities. Okay. Uh, I know Total Wine is where I found mine. So Very cool. I've had a few people reach out to the Instagram page and ask, like, where do I get Blackened in Minnesota? I said, Hackstall's Total Wine. You know, you just got to check. I don't know if it's on the locator. I think it is now, but cool. When I first went and got it, you know, when they first released it in Minnesota, it wasn't officially on the website, but I think now it is. So you should be able to find it. Jeff, if you ever got to have a signature bottle of whiskey, what songs would you have on yours and what year would it be numbered? Oh, man. I was definitely not ready for that. Spotlight's on you, bro. Saint Anger, Frantic. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> and the year would be 03. <laughs> yeah, my world. Yeah, you know, how, can, can I just take the... Invisible Kid. Can I just take the set list from XL 04? I'll take that. I'll take that as my oh man as my set list, because there's some Saint Anger in there, plus Disappear and Clover... And they opened with black in that night, so should have been bread fan. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, I'm with you. Blackened was pretty solid. Blackened was fun, and opener. and they were doing pyro in in the XL still at that time. That was before Minnesota banned big explosions and in the XL Center. Yeah, 
Did they go blackened into fuel? Yes, they did. Yep. I remember that. Yep. Great show. Jeff would have all within my whiskey, invisible bottle, some kind of bottle, Saint Saint Blackened. <laughs> what am I missing? My bottle. My bottle. <laughs> Sweet amber whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> the unnamed whiskey. The unnamed <laughs> alcoholic. <laughs> Give me a bottle. Dirty bottle. <laughs> First things first, Jimmy can't do anything till I have a bottle in front of me. Uh, Jimmy, I'll tell you one thing, though. I'm not doing anything unless I get a bottle of liquor in front of me. I don't care what happens. Oh, man. Amanda, have you had fun tonight? Yeah, this has been great. Well, thanks for coming on Podcast for All. It's it's 90 minutes is flowing by. I, we've talked about so much. I'm going to have so many show notes, and I'm looking forward to, to talking to you again and hopefully seeing you soon and having a Minnesota militia party. Hell yeah, hopefully. I was going to say, no pun intended, flowing by with floods and, you know, floods on the Metallica podcast. Floods, <laughs> geology, geography, UND, hockey, fighting Sioux, Outlaw Torn, Germany, and Jeff's dream, St. Anger Whiskey. What else can we talk about? This has been awesome. You know, all this talk about floods, I feel like I need to go listen to that song now, the Pantera song. Oh, yeah. That's a great song. That's so good. That's a great song. Good jam. It's like haunting Uh, how good it is. You know, if you're in the States, or in the States, in our state (laughs) of Minnesota, around July time, maybe you can get the uh, metal or Minnesota militia people to come on down to uh, Ringle, Wisconsin. One is playing there. We can have have a little get together. Might be the first and only event we can do well you're writing the set list now so now jeff wants everyone to come hey i just want everyone to hear us open with uh my world motor breath right i was gonna say (laughs) that was just your life boom there you're gonna have to get the laser machine out yeah (laughs) great opener heartbeats man yeah you're gonna have to load that sample back in the in the pedal we got it we're ready to rock Amanda, thanks again. Enjoy your time in uh, Colorado. Again, hopefully we see you soon, sooner than later. Maybe a black and release party in our future. Hopefully. That'd be great. Let's stay in touch. And uh, again, thanks for reaching out. And podcastforall at gmail.com where you, the Muddy Metallica fan, drives the discussion. Amanda, we'll, uh, we'll see you soon. All right. Hopefully. See you guys. Thanks for having me. We'll see you later. Thanks again. Take care. Pancakes go, right? Pancakes go. See ya. Yeah.